Rock and Roll for Initiative is an immature adult podcast played by a group of man-children who are also lifelong friends. Listener discretion is advised. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Rock and Roll for Initiative, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast where our weekend warrior band members get swept up into a world of blades, beasts, and rock and roll. I'm Roger, the tour manager for our good old swarthy band of men folk here, and I want to thank you for uh, sticking with us through our first episode into number two here. We're getting a roll on it, we're getting a swing on it, and it's going to be fantastic. All right, sitting around here once again with the boys, the fellas, rolling into episode two. Got to say, guys, I uh, love that we're finally making this thing uh, happen. We It was a long number of months with a couple of weddings in between the idea of doing this and actually doing it, so I'm glad to see it actually rolling out. So what I want to know today, obviously tell me a little bit about your character, help our viewers or listeners get in tune with them. My question for you guys is this. What is your character's favorite, and it can be for any reason, favorite Beatles song? I'm going to start to my right with uh, my muchacho, brochacho, Andruske. My name is Andy. I play old grouchy bassist Benedict McIntyre. Uh, so Benedict's favorite Beatles song is actually I Want to Hold Your Hand. He's a fan of the classic. Yeah, no. It's a a nice classic. Absolutely classic. A little, you know, nice euphemism for masturbation. A little bit of sly humor in there. Appeals to the masses. Also appeals to those who get it. Look at that. Look at that. Good pick. Uh, And fun fact about Benedict is that you will never see him in pants other than jeans. Can it physically, like, can it happen? By the laws of physics, can that happen? By the laws of physics, sure. By the will of Benedict, no. Oh, so it means by, <laughs> then also by extension by the laws of physics, it shall not happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm Kevin, uh, a.k.a. Biggs. I play Gil Albright, the number one shining star lead singer of the group. Um, and fun fact about Gil is that when he was a child, he really wanted to be an astronaut. That was, that was, his, that was his dream. As far as his uh, his favorite Beatles song, uh, Gil really likes Eleanor Rigby. Ooh, you know, I I, I didn't expect that because you have such a somber, like melancholic sort of thing, and everything we know about Gil, you know, he's bright and energetic and not an astronaut. Uh, hi, this is Nate. Uh, I play George, the band's uh, resident drunk. Fun fact about George is if he can't get a glass of bourbon, which is generally impossible to not be able to get a glass of bourbon, he does not mind a white Russian. Oh, there you go. Oh, fact, okay. George and George's favorite Beatles song uh, has to be Twist and Shout. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, classic. Going with, so we got two early ones. We got one mid-career one. Me, <laughs> I am, uh, my name is Zach. I play uh, Crawford Moss in the vo- the residential backing voice and guitar player of the band. Fun fact about Crawford Mawson is his favorite book 
is the Holy Bible. <laughs> I mean, it's a good read. <laughs> is it? You know, I mean, I, I mean I, I, I'm a big numbers and Exodus guy. I yeah, guess there you right. go. Now, I unfortunately, you know, this is real life, so I can't tell you to roll a bluff check. But I feel like I I, I know the outcome. Yeah, I, I I think Dr. Seuss did a lot of harm with his words. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to say like absolutely. Those truffle trees never recover. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to leave my Crawford's opinion out of this. But uh, Crawford's Crawford's favorite Beatles song is a class, a little bit of an underrated ditty, I think. Uh, Crawford's favorite song is Beatles song is "Act Naturally." Oh, okay, go with the Ringo tune. Yeah. Go with the Ringo. All right, guys. Well, what do you say we get into it here? So this is uh, episode two. Let's go. All right, uh, so this is episode two, Hellbent for Answers. Our group finds themselves leaving the Mercedes G-Wagon. Excellent vehicle choice, by the way. Just got to say, you know, l- like, look at what you managed to accomplish with it. Uh, our group finds themselves leaving the Mercedes G-Wagon. They have some of their gear in tow. I believe Crawford Mawson took his guitar. Uh, Gil took his mic stand. Uh, George most certainly took his accordion. In Absolutely. my backpack. And, and your backpack. Tools. And your yeah, tanning check, tools. Uh, Crawford Mawson checked for his essentials, his chapstick, his, his wallet, his business cards. And Benedict grabbed his travel amp and his bass. Out of curiosity, Benedict, what sort of bass do you play? Uh... You know what? I'm going to go with Epiphone Violin Bass, actually. Ooh, all right. So, like, touching on McCartney without committing fully. Yeah. Love it. All right. So, uh, the group is moving through the small wooded area. Uh, The rain is starting to slow down, which is good. Your instruments aren't getting wet. You can hear uh, about a half mile off behind you coming down the road the roll of wheels. You can hear the funky grooves blaring. You know the boogie boys are arriving with reinforcements. And as you make your way through the woods, what you hear on the other side where you can see red pulsing lights, you can see a wall of some sort, you can see what looks to be like a warehouse, you hear it almost sounds just like a low grumbling kick bass going very fast like a double bass beat as you move through the woods this is this is messed up guys yeah we got some weird bass line what it sounds like maybe in front of us and we got the boogie buys behind us it's just keep always forward though keep going you keep going towards the light towards the light yeah, got to make sure we move slow and quiet so they don't see us hear us find us fuck us <laughs> that would be bad that would be bad that would be very, very bad. Benedict, do you have any uh, do you have any knowledge from the war that can get us through this? <laughs> uh, stay off the trails. Wait, Benedict, you were in a war? We've already. He, he was drafted for Nam. Oh. It was a long time ago. Okay, uh. stay off the trails. Watch for anything that moves. Look out for tiny holes. Can I roll? I'm a, Crawford Mawson is going to roll perception for tiny, tiny holes. <laughs> you know, I love how very quickly your group's adapted. It's like, shit, now we're fighting interdimensional boogie boys. All right, let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, none of us are freaking out. Like, <laughs> like don't you have work tomorrow? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I am a, a small business owner. Yeah, yeah, I own a tannery out of my garage. So insurance no. salesman for Mr. for Mr. Mawson. So he, he's happy. He's, he's happy to be doing this. That's going to be a solid not good to that. No more than a 10. Uh, as you are scanning for small holes, you accidentally step in one. Uh, you manage to catch yourself, but sadly, your hair becomes unquaffed. Oh, irony. 
<laughs> so, as you move through the woods, the branches creaking underneath, and you get closer and closer um, to the throbbing base and the strange warehouse in the middle of the forest, you hear from now at this point, maybe 200 yards behind you, uh, the sound of cars grinding to a halt, car doors shutting, and the boogie beats grow louder and louder. You must hurry. You gotta keep going or they're gonna boogie beat our ass. Oh, that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah, but I, uh, George agrees. George is, is, we need to get the help out of here. Yeah, George, you're not, you're not looking so good after I'm that I'm not bite. drunk enough. And I'm in pain. My head it just uh, is splitting. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna even. Uh, do you want assistance in your run? Your run. I, I think I want, I want you to crack open the bottle that's in the back of my, my backpack. But we don't have time for that. Can I? Uh, can Gil roll a medicine check to try to help out? Absolutely. I'm probably concussed. <laughs> oh, that is a natural twenty Ooh. plus four. Ooh, a natural twenty. So two two ideas immediately spring to mind that you know with one hundred percent certainty will do what needs to be done. Uh, you could very quickly just slip them an enema, a booze enema. It'll do the trick. Uh, uh, or you happen to have uh, some free party favors from your gig earlier in the evening at the Dang Fine Lines Paper Co. We're talking uh, little vodka bottles. You got four of them. Uh, so... Forget that. So, uh... Team Medic. Yeah. Well, no. Gil, uh, Gil turns to George and says, Alright, I'm about to say something you might not like. Bend over, pull down your pants. Sexy! What? <laughs> I, I don't know how to take that. Just fucking do no, it. Them's his fighting words. No, 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 no. It'll be good. Trust me. You, you'll get drunk really fast. Alright, uh, the... Does George believe him? <laughs> roll a roll a wisdom. <laughs> Crawford also was like twenty one. Oh, you're well aware of the efficacy of alcohol enemas. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, like, I but I know that butt chugging is very dangerous. Very. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Gil uh, cracks cracks open one of the the mini alcohol bottles and uh, George pulls down his pants and begrudgingly bends over. <laughs> While this is going on, Crawford Mawson would just like to roll a perception to make sure that they're not looking at... Are we really doing this right now? Are we putting booze on my butthole? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep watch. All right. Well, uh, immediately, uh, as your pants are down, George... That's a great roll, Craw. Uh, keep him watch. As your pants are down, George, uh, you all are shocked and startled when several crossbow bolts land at your feet prompting the group to move quicker. You can see now less than 50 yards behind you are a band of bad boogie boys, uh, and they're all armed with small uh, <laughs> small hand-cranked crossbows. Uh, from the other side of the woods, near the warehouse, you hear a familiar voice saying, Come on, boys! Come on! It's the voice of Kitty, Kinderswan. Kitty, Kitty. George, I want you to roll a, a reflex to get these pants back up. So it's 22. All right. Uh, you successfully have managed to pull your pants back up as yeah, you just, sprint like, away. I just slip my feet out instead, so I'm just, I'm pantsless. <laughs> Do you want to be yeah, pantsless? I mean, at this point, I, I think that would be quicker than trying to pull them up. I just slip out and start running. Yeah? Do you, you pick them up? No. No, I'm just leaving them. I ain't got, I'm getting shot at by there's crossbow bolts in my feet. <laughs> Flopping in the wind. Okay. Uh, never mind then. Uh, George is pantsless as your group sprints towards the warehouse.
Now, as you clear the clearing, <laughs> clear the clearing, uh, you are now directly in front of this building. And what you can see is there are two red spotlights that are sitting on top of a wall right in front of this building. There's a wall that goes around the perimeter of this looks like I said, like an old industrial warehouse. But immediately right away, you notice that the wall is made up entirely of Marshall half stacks, guitar amps, something like you would have seen in concerts back in the 80s. And you see there's a small gate at the base of the wall. This wall is probably about 40 feet high. There's a small gate with Kitty Kinderswan holding the gate open and waving you guys. Come in. Get your asses in here, boys! Uh, yeah, I, I help George stabilize his run so we can get in there faster as I'm assuming you're still kind of limping around. Oh, yeah, I guess I'm still injured, yes. So, yeah, probably. Yes, yeah, so the assistance would be great. Crawford sees Kitty and just runs straight toward, straight towards her. Shockingly to you, Crawma, Kitty doesn't even look in your direction. Dude, That's you, how serious this are is. Are you like, like you got your, your shoulder? Yeah, you're I'm like on arm, your shoulder. Arm under you. Yeah, okay. Like, so yeah, I, I just like, want to note that, yeah, that yeah. George feels very safe in, in Gil's embrace. <laughs> As we all should. So does your group head in through the gate? I think so. All right, yeah. so Kitty uh, holds open the gate of the Marshall half-stack wall and... You know, moves you all in when you get in front of her. She literally, like, throws you behind the gate, and she slams the gate shut. And when she does, and when she clicks the lock, you hear, like, out of... Almost like it just comes directly out of the wall. You hear a little guitar, like, a little... And you find yourself inside the perimeter of this half-stack wall. The warehouse is behind you. And there are two things you immediately notice before you even get time to take this in. One, uh, that double bass has grown louder. It's obviously coming from inside the warehouse. Two, you are surrounded by leathered, studs, covered men. <laughs> uh, so leather-covered studs. Yes, So w- w- yes, leather-covered studs. Uh, what you see from over the top down to fairly casual, everyone here, there's probably about 12 guys. Uh, all of them are armed with makeshift weapons. We're talking like... We're talking like clubs, we're talking like pipes. Nothing nothing otherworldly. No axes like is on Kitty's back. But they're all wearing leather jackets. They got studs, some of them are wearing chains. There's buff boys, there's thin boys, there's small boys. But there's all leathery, studly men. And they seem to be uh, moving around the perimeter of this wall, and they're they're tinkering with different instruments all over the place. Kitty is panting. Oh, I didn't think you were gonna make it, boys. Oh, oh, those boogie boys are right behind you. How many? How many were there? So many. A lot. I'm so tired of them boogie beats. Oh. Boys, I'm so sorry. I know you've got so many questions. I, I wish I wish I had the time to give you the answers, but you made it, and that's what matters. Listen, listen, I have something for all of you. You're looking rough. You're looking haggard. Do you trust me? Oh, of course, yeah, Kitty. Of course we do. Okay, she reaches uh, behind uh, a little parapet, and she pulls out a sixer, a six-pack of what you assume to be beer. No, uh, thank it's a God. brand you've never seen. She says, well, I know that when times get tough, there's nothing better than a good, and she holds it up as though she's looking at, like, an imaginary camera. There's nothing better than a good caramelly Sveltbrow. Sveltbrow. For the drinker in you. George chugs it as fast as he can. Gil, Gil cracks his open and starts drinking as well. Kitty uh, looks down, realizes you're pantsless, George, and just says, y- You all right? 
Oh, I've been better. As you drink the Svelte Brow, you feel your body become immediately invigorated. And when I say that, I mean mechanically you've become invigorated. So, first off, it tastes fantastic. Uh, it almost tastes like Yoohoo. It tastes chocolatey. This does not taste like beer, but it, you can definitely taste the burn of the alcohol in the end. Thank God. You feel rejuvenated from this. So all of your characters go back to max health. Okay. In addition, you have four, plus four to your maximum HP. Once oh, those four are depleted, they're gone. So yeah. Yes. You also get a plus one to your strength and a plus one to your dex temporarily. Yeah, that was delicious, but I, I I don't think it was enough, Kitty. I understand. I understand. And we're short on time. She she looks around. She's kind of like scanning the horizon. Oh, where could he be? Are you looking for Larry? Where could he be? There's no time, boys. Okay, quick, quick. She pulls out a rolled up tarp, unrolls it on the ground, and you see that it is full of weapons. On this tarp lay a one-handed cudgel, a rusted hatchet, a rusted short sword, a non-rusted dagger, and a short bow with ten arrows and a quiver. She says, boys, you listen to me. The boogie's coming, and we need to hold it off. Until the boogie be done. And the boogie won't be done. Till the boogie be done by him. Not sure I understood that, but all right. I don't understand at all. I've got your back no matter what, Kitty. Okay. I've got help coming. Coming to help you. You're very important, boys. You you have a bigger purpose than you know. And I, I need to tell you, but I, we just don't have the time. And as she says that, you hear a, a horn. And you see climbing over the wall is a single boogie boy. <laughs> They're coming. Grab your weapon. Get ready. And boys, beware the boogie. And with that, she grabs her axe off her back. And she falls into a formation of the leather studly men who are forming around the wall. All right. So you got a cudgel, a hatchet, a short sword, a dagger, and a short bow with ten arrows. Divvy it up. What's the biggest weapon? The cudgel. It's st- it's still one-handed, but yeah. Right, that's the one that George goes with. Can I wield it two-handed? Yeah, for, uh, for a strength and a half. Yeah, it's got enough of a grip. Cool. Crawford Mawson, I think, is going to take the hatchet unless somebody objects. No, Gil's, Gil's t- uh, going to grab the short sword. Uh, I'll take the dagger and the bow, I guess. All right, Gil, uh, you know, grabs the sword, looks it over, says, all right, guys, I guess this is our new contract. George uh, looks over his weapon a little bit and then uh, pulls the bottle of alcohol, of bourbon, out of his backpack and and takes a, a mighty big swig. Crawford Mawson would like to... Uh... Put on his sunglasses, put some chapstick on himself. It's going to be go time. Benedict goes and sets his base and his amp down in a safe place so they don't get hurt. Hey, Benedict, can you help me out with that one, too? Yeah, yeah, here, come over. We'll make a little spot for him. You know, grabs his dagger, grabs his bow, puts a bow on the back, grabs a dagger, does a little flourish. He knows how to use it, which is terrifying. No, baby. So as your group is preparing yourself, all you hear is the thundering double bass echoing deep from within the warehouse. You see the studly leather men patting each other on the back, and they're preparing. They're staring up at the walls. Some of them in the back are armed with crossbows of their own aimed at the walls. And all you hear on the other side of the walls is a loud, constant snapping. Roll your initiatives. We are bad at initiative. 
That is the uh, second straight one I've rolled on initiative. You hear the shuffle of platform boots as they clank against the wall of martial half stacks climbing to the top. You know your time is short before they have come over the wall. What do you do? First thing George does, since he's he's dealt with the boogie, he knows the rolls of the boogie. He's battled. The and boogie. he thinks that he can counter it by firmly just singing Waterloo in his head by Abba. <laughs> and just that's that's all he's doing, that's all he's thinking in his head is is Waterloo. To not, try to not be distracted by the boogie. Okay. Alright, um, so I'm gonna have that like a sustained spell. We'll see if that works. Okay. And then I also want to try to do uh, some bardic inspiration. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we, haven't, we haven't used that yet, so... No, no, you are bards, yes. Yeah. Alright. What is your bardic inspiration? I have no idea. That's that's How- kind of the, the downside of this, but we're gonna wing it, and uh, we're gonna say, you know, I, I'm a little pissed off that I don't have enough alcohol here, buds, but we've rocked a hell of a lot of stages, and this is no different. <laughs> you know, and I, I, even, I even pull out my accordion and give a little... <laughs> Alright, so you're going to use Bardic Inspiration. Who are you going to put that extra D6 on? Who are you inspiring in the group? I'm, I'm going to inspire Gil, because he, he was there for me through the woods. Carried me. Like a good captain should. <laughs> Gil, you feel like a shooting star. <laughs> always. always. I tell you, like always, be the front man that you are. <laughs> you ready your cudgel? Yes, yes. All right. All right. So Gil is, uh, <laughs> I mean, may as well also give out a bardic inspiration. Um, I'll just pass it down the line to uh, to uh, Kromov real quick. He pulls out his kazoo. Uh, he goes, <laughs> Kromov, that resonates with you deeply. That reminds you of back home on the ranch that you may or may not have actually lived on. So you also have that D6. What else are you doing, Gil? Uh, Gil is going to look around to see if there is a, um, like any kind of uh, shield. He can use any any makeshift shield. All right, roll a perception. 18. An 18, yes. So you do see at the base of one of the parapets right near the gate that there is a makeshift shield. It's actually made from a reinforced drum head. Gives you a plus two to your AC. All right. And, uh does not reduce movement because I'm feeling generous. Oh, yeah. Gil's gonna uh, take his uh, his mic stand, sling it around his back and then uh, put the shield in his other hand. Alright, well, I'll go down the line and give a bark inspiration here, my friend. I'm gonna look at George Dortson and say, George, I see in your eyes, you're thinking of water. And you remember water. You remember what happened <laughs> in Napoleon. Don't ask how I know things. <laughs> I can see it in your head. It's not, you're not wrong, and I think you should do it too. Reinforce your mind, brother. (laughs) It's not going to be Waterloo, but for you, it's Waterloo. It is. You remember what happened to Napoleon. I did. Okay, that's this battle right here. You keep thinking of Waterloo, you got this. George is slightly terrified, but he he takes inspiration from that fear. Does George know what happened to Napoleon? Not at all. Okay, all right. (laughs) Very good. Well, have my bow out, have my bow ready. Are we standing near any of the roads? Yeah, so they're they're all within about 10, 15 feet. I mean, I said there were 12. There's there, As you look around, there's actually quite a bit more than that, but they're pretty spread out. This whole area, uh, this, this perimeter between the wall and the warehouse, all told, is about the length and width of a football field. Uh, well, I, I go up to one of the nearest groups of roadies, and I just secret roadie handshake. Just secret roadie handshake one of them. That's it. Don't say a word. Roll of charisma. Uh, 23? Uh, the roadie gives the handshake back. You see a look of admiration in his eyes. He puts his leather-studded gauntlet 
on your shoulder, and with his other hand, he hands you a small vial with a bubbling blue liquid in it. He says, Beware the boogie. Beware the boogie. I tuck it into my breast pocket of my denim jacket. All right. Well, Crawford Mawson's first gonna put some bardic inspiration on his buddy, Benedict. He's gonna say, Benedict, base buddy, you can do this. You've seen this before, right? Yes. Well, roughly. <laughs> exactly. You know better than anyone that you can do this. Uh, so I want to look around on the ground near me, see if there's any, like, dirt, debris, or grass of some sort. I can kind of try to stick in my ears to avoid the beat. Ooh, okay. Yeah, roll a perception. Let's see. You want something clotting. That's going to be like seven. All right, so what you found is the, the, the rain is just making like a pulpy sort of mud, not quite clay. You can put it in your ears. It'll help you for just one round, but this is not going to stay in there long. Hmm. I think disappointingly, I turn around, ask the uh, leather-bound men if they have any leather. Please, God, get me some leather. Oi, what's that you need, mate? I just need, I need you to get me in some leather. Oh, you got it. What kind of leather you look I don't I don't have time for a fit, but what do you need? Something tight for my chest. Something tight for your chest. All right, here, give me one second. He pulls out this makeshift sewing kit. He takes a quick measurement. Oh, I got just the thing for you. Be right back. He runs over to the parapet, throws open this curtain that's in front of the parapet, and you just see a rack full of leather jackets. Says, oh, you look to be about this size. Here you go, mate. Thank you. And he hands it to you. This is a biker-style leather jacket. Lots of zippers, a little bit big, and it's real genuine leather. Moroccan leather, in fact. With that, uh, your AC goes up by two. um, Then I just look at my hatchet and go, tonight I get to be a real hatchet man. Uh, So, as your group prepares, uh, you hear a voice from the leathery men saying, The boogie has come! And you look on top of the wall, the red spotlights shine on top of the wall. The double bass beat from inside the warehouse grows faster, and you see standing on top of the wall, there are multiple boogie boys. And as the boogie boys look down at you from the wall, they begin swaying their hips and snap into the rhythm as they quickly jump down and miraculously land unharmed. All right, George, you're up. You're quick on your feet. You can see that some of these leather guys are charging in. There, there's a, a there's boogeymen all around you. All you guys, you're surrounded by boogie boys. I'm not gonna. We're not worrying about distance. Just tell me what you're doing here. Uh, regretting the fact that I didn't ask for pants. <laughs> yeah, you are just you're just swinging around. <laughs> just swinging a cudgel around, pantsless. But uh, George is gonna look for the the nearest enemy, um, and he's gonna go in for a, a double-handed upward swing. With your cudgel. All right, so you charge in. There's a boogie boy, and when he locks eye contact with you, his hips begin swaying. I want you to roll a reflex to see if you can get your swing on before you got to ris- resist the siren song of the boogie. Uh, 16. Yes, you are quicker than he can boogie. All right, swing away, Meryl. All right. Nat 20? Nat 20, roll to confirm. Uh, not, not confirmed. All right, but it's a hit. All right, so upward swing with the cudgel. Uh, says 12 in. Nice. All right, so you smash this boogie boy away. We're talking like a full-on golf swing. He, his body flies up against the Marshall half-stack wall, and he goes limp. You have, you have successfully defeated your first boogie boy. Uh, you see two of the leather-bound men look over at you and say, All right, mate, and give you a thumbs up uh, as they I, begin to battle their own boogie boys. I continue to sing Waterloo. So George was quick on his feet. Uh, as you're all getting ready to move, as the boogie boys come swarming over, you see on top of the wall, an especially 
lengthy, a long boy, a long boogie boy. An elongated Stands up. A spotlight from above, almost like a heavenly spotlight, drenches him in whites. He's shining. He's shimmering. It's glorious. His platforms are at least a whole foot higher than the other platform shoes, the boogie boys. And he's holding above his head a boombox. And blaring out of this boombox is an insatiable boogie that is difficult to resist. And you all feel the groove beginning to happen. What I need, what I need, is a willpower from everybody. Uh, 16. 16. Benedict, you're able to shake off this boogie. All right, George Georgeson. George got a 17. He knows the only way to counter the BGs is with ABBA. It's with ABBA. Waterloo's reigning supreme in George's mind right now. I'd like to say that George is swaying, but a whole beat of his own. A beat of his own. A beat of his own, yep. Uh, I'm going to use the Bardic Inspiration granted to me. Okay. So roll my D6. Add that extra. 13. 13. You successfully resist the boogie. But for how long? It's tough. You felt you felt your toe begin to tap, and you were like, Clark, stop it! <laughs> Crawford Mawson. Crawford Mawson got a 17. A 17. You two are able to resist the boogie. You're just thinking of back home. Back home. Back at the ranch. Back, back at, the, at ranch. the ranch. Back at the bar. All right. And with this going on, you each get swarmed. So a boogie boy is charging at the three of you. So not you, George. You, you, you've encountered your boogie boy. A boogie boy is charging at the three of you. I want a reflex from all three of you. 16. 10. 10. All right, so we're going to go with Benedict. Benedict, you react quicker than the charging boogie boy. What do you do? I just fire a quick shot with a bow. I have a bow out, and just as he's charging at me, just right in the face. All right, because of how close he is, I'm going to uh, put a minus two on you there. All right, fair enough. Roll, swing away, shoot away, Merrill. That is an 11. An 11. Uh, your arrow goes just by his face. It flies through his feathered mane and misses. And with that, he's going to take a swipe at you. You see that he is armed with a shiny sequin baton. What's your AC? 12. That is just what he needed. So just as he dodges yours, he comes up. He says, the boogie never die. And he smacks you straight across the jaw for a total of seven damage. That was a good crack. Good crack. Gil, he swings with his baton in your direction and misses. What is your reaction? Gil's going to swing at him with the sword to say, since this happened so fast, he wasn't in a ready defensive stance yet, so he had his sword down, so he's going to swing upward. Swing away! That is a six. A six. You, you wildly miss. You do manage to shave off a few of his sequins, and this boogie boy looks at you, and he says, son, you're harsh in the boogie. <laughs> All right. Crawford Mawson taking a swing at you. The boogie boy leaps through the air, fumbles, lands about three feet in front of you, and with his downward swing, just completely whiffs. What do you do? Well, I had my hatchet ready, so I think I'm just going to try to swing down on it. Oh, you're right cleaving. You're cleaving. cleaving to swing away. I'm going to give you a plus one because he's been caught off balance. Fourteen. That is a hit. You cleave directly into his shoulder. Roll the dimgas. Four. Four damage. All right, you got a good solid cleave into his shoulder, and as you pull it out, you see a flash of crimson and sequence splash, and he says, Ah, oh, brutality, man, brutality. Beat boy, bitch. As you look around... Uh, you see that the Boogie Boys are just totally overwhelming this area. While they may not be strong on their own, like all good things, the Boogie grows. And as more and more come in, you can see that the roadies, our leather studly men, are starting to be overwhelmed. The one at the top of the wall in the gold sequins is swaying the boombox back and forth, and he's cranking the knob. The volume goes louder. I need a willpower from everybody to resist the boogie. 21. Benedict still resisting the boogie shoes. 15. 
15, barely resisting the boogie shoes. It's getting tough. Waterloo's in your ears, but it's starting to fade away. Don't fail me, Abba. Gil got an 11. Oh, Gil. You feel the groove and your hips begin to sway. What this means now is until that goes away, you're rolling with disadvantage. You lose in control of your functions. Crawford Mawson. Uh, Crawford Mawson rolled a 20, but failed to remember to roll his chance die on his hit. That's okay. I forgot as well. All right. Uh, Crawford Mawson, you successfully resist the beat. So what you see, it's getting more and more difficult for these roadies as well to resist. You can see a few are trying to take aim at the top of the wall, but they're being overcome by the groove and they start grooving. Uh, You also notice several of the roadies have fallen as the boogie boys boogie on top of their dead bodies. George, it's up to you. You're surrounded. What do you do? Parapets being overrun. You can see Kitty cleaving away. I'm going to do a perception check to see how my fellow bandmates are doing. It's a 10. You can only see what you see at face value. Benedict looking a little rough. He got rocked by something. Uh, you notice that Gil is kind of enraptured by the groove. Seems to be fighting against himself. Crawford Mawson looking fine as always. Do I see uh, Benedict uh, entangled with the enemy that he was fighting still? Yes. Okay, I'm going to try to run to him as fast as I can. You make it over there, lickety split. You take the guy by surprise, swing away. Swing away. Oh, it's a nine. Nine. As you swing your cudgel, I'm imagining you, like, overhanding it, it crashes into the mud at his feet, causing the boogie boy to look back at you over his shoulder. And say, dang, son, you got bad aim. He said, we don't want your funk. <laughs> we don't want your funk. And he is going to turn around. With a whirling roundhouse kick with those platform shoes. That is a hit. You feel a crack as the platform shoes hit you on the side of the head and send you flying back about five feet. You're still on you're still on your uh, feet though. And you take four damage. Cracked across the face. Gil re- trying to resist the boogie. People are being overrun. You got the man on top of the parapet blasting the boombox. I want you to roll a willpower. Let's see if you can overcome this boogie. At disadvantage. Overcome the funk. I hate disadvantage. <laughs> this is six. All right, so you you are you are not able to overcome this boogie. You can move. You can still do what you want to do, but it's just not going as well. So yeah. it's your turn. Okay. Well, I'm gonna uh, uh, take another swing at this guy. That's uh, this boogie boy that's in front of me. Swing away so with take, disadvantage. Take a swing. That is a seven. Still a whiff. As you go to swing, he boogies right on back, dodging the blade in an almost slow motion fashion. And he says, you got to feel the groove, son. Just let it kick in. And with that, he he takes his, uh, his baton and he goes for a good thwack right in the center of your face. He whiffs. Benedict, it's on you. You're reeling from that baton hit. You, you might have lost a tooth. Can I draw my dagger and stab him in the back? Absolutely you can. You're close enough. That is a 19 to hit. That is indeed a hit. You sink the dagger in between his shoulder blades. Let's see how far you sink it. Five damage. Five damage. All right, you sink that dagger in. He goes to his knees, and as he reaches back to try and pull it out, he falls to the floor, his final words being, Let the boogie live on! As he collapses in a pool of gore. All right. Uh, So... Is the gentleman still on his knees in front of me? Yes. So, can I roll a perception to see how uh, how damaged I think this gentleman is? Yes. Seven? From what you can tell, I mean, pretty hurt enough that he's, you know, kind of al- almost prone. Uh, you've gathered just from watching this that the- these guys are going down 
pretty easy. You also see with that perception, uh, out of the corner of your eye, you notice something horrifying. You see, as the boogie boys dance on the corpses of some of these leather-bound studly men, the leather men rise up. The leather turns to sequin gold and shimmering white, and they become boogie boys. Well, that that's alarming. Crawford Mawson wants to get the attention of the, the boombox carrying one. Yeah. So I want to try to intimidate them or perform, depending on how you want to look at it. Either one would be fine. Well, being that, you know, you can barely hear over the sound of the boombox, you're going to have to scream it, probably scream at this. Yeah, thing. I want this to be a constitution. Okay. And I'm going to say a disadvantage because this is that's tough. Because I'm trying to get its attention and then like snap a one below me's neck. Not well. That's a that's a good old three. What's that sound like? Your attempt. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so you let out a, a a small soft moan. The only one who hears it is the boogie boy that's at your feet, and he looks up at you with a bit of a confused look. Are you still going to try and snap his neck? Yeah. Ten. Yeah, you got his touch, AC. All right, your hands are on his head. What I want from you now is a strength. It takes a lot of force <laughs> to do this. Uh, 17. Tell me how you do it. Yeah. Oh, just like that. <laughs> it's just, the last thing this guy hears is, uh... <laughs> and then somebody, I, yeah! <laughs> somebody snaps his neck. The Boogie Boy's neck snaps. He has no quips, and he falls to the ground limp. All right, so your group's in a pretty rough spot. More and more boogie boys are coming over. You see that our leather-bound studly fellows are having a difficult time maintaining whatever sort of line they got going here. And when they see their fellow roadies being raised from the dead as boogie boys, they recoil in horror. You also notice that Kitty is surrounded. Kitty is also surrounded by the corpses of several boogie boys. You do not know when she became this war maiden, but uh, it must have happened fairly recently. And... For this round, our sequin boy cranks the knob up to full volume on top of the para, not the parapet, the wall, and he begins shimmying his hips in a circular motion as more and more boogie boys crowd over. So you said this was a wall of hashtags? Yes. Is there anywhere to plug into? Roll a perception. Uh, it's a 22. Each and every half stack looks functional. You can see that they all have inputs, knobs, what have you. I'm going to plug in my accordion. All right, so you're you're about 15 feet from the wall. I want you to roll a reflex to see if you can get there in time. The mud's getting thick. Not one. Not one. As you go to step Damn. towards the, uh, the wall of half stacks, the mud squelches underfoot, and you fall to the ground in the mud, and your head smacks against the mud. Uh, Waterloo is no longer in your head. George, you find yourself surrounded by three boogie boys who are all boogieing around you. And they're all going to take a boogie stomp on you. Okay. Uh, amazingly, you managed to deflect two of the boogie kicks. You know, knocking them away. One of them goes to kick so awkwardly he slips in the mud. The foot dangles in front of your face. Uh, he rolled a one. I'm going to allow you to react to that. So it's, it's platform boots dangling right in front of your face. What do you do? I, I attempt to grab it. And, well, okay, I, I attempt to grab it and then use it as leverage to get my foot into his nuts. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Uh, I want you to roll a dex. Uh, it's a nine. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. You don't necessarily damage him, but 
you can li- you lift yourself up. You basically use him as a platform to stand yourself up okay. by pushing him down into the mud. Okay. And you still have him grappled. Oh. But you are surrounded by three boogie boys. Oh boy. Gil, willpower. I want to see if you resist the Radio. boogie. I am going to roll a seven. Seven. The boogie is overcoming you hard. You drop your weapon. You can't help but dance. Oh. You cannot help but dance. And you see your clothes begin to morph. Uh, they're slowly, slowly sequins are beginning to cover your body. Oh, your no. hair is slowly growing feathered. And you're starting to have the idea that maybe Disco wasn't just a fad. And the four <laughs> boogie boys surrounding you sway their hips harder. And you, you feel like you're slowly becoming one of them. You all see this. I start snapping along with them. Yes, so they're not attacking you. They're, they're oh, converting shit. you. Oh, no. <laughs> Benedict, resist. I... Oh, okay. 18. 18, you are resisting the boogie, but you are witnessing your friend slowly be converted into a bo- boogie boy. Can I do a uh, perception on the big amp to see if there's a weak point I could shoot? You mean the the one that the guy the on top box? is holding? Correct. The boom box. Yeah. Yes, Oh, that was a garbage perception, however, of four. Between the rain and the the splashing all going around, it's really difficult. But that was a free action, so... I'm going to shoot it anyway, even though I don't have a weak point on it. I'm just going to aim for, like, the speaker. Let's do it. Uh, That is a 20. Ooh. Disco died years ago. (laughs) And as you loose the arrow, it comes flinging out of your bow. It hits the boombox directly in the center, right where you would pop the cassette, and begins to discharge static. You see the gold sequin guy holding it, being jolted as the vaults from the boombox overwhelm him. The boombox falls off the wall, and the gold sequin boy tumbles over the wall and crashes into the muddy ground below. Uh, How far am I from Gil? Eh, about, About 20 feet. I look at him and I say, this is going to hurt. And I clap his ears real hard. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, technically, you're out of actions, but I'm going to allow that because that's great. I mean- <laughs> so you run up and clap him real hard. All right. Uh, Gil, because you're boogie and you're trying to dodge this. Uh, I'm going to use Bardic Inspiration. 14. All right. With a 14, you come up. He claps both your ears really, really hard. I'm going to have you take a flat two damage. Okay. You're deafened. But as soon as you do that, the sequence quickly fade away. His clothing returns to normal, and you kind of crumple to your crumple to your knees, Gil, and uh, you, you you feel that the boogie has washed over you. Now all anyone hears is the double bass drum from inside the warehouse. However, both of you are still surrounded by three boogie boys. Gil, what's your AC? Sixteen. Ooh. <laughs> So the second one, as he goes to go for this flashy roundhouse kick, the platform gets caught in the mud. He finds himself flailing. I will allow you a reaction. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a swing at him with my choice. Swing away, Meryl. Am I still at disadvantage? Or that's, no. It's gone? Yep, yep okay. it's gone. 24. Ooh, a 24. All right. Uh, roll your damage. So you take a swing just as he's coming around with this slow roundhouse. I'm going to say you get him right under the thigh. What's the crit range on Shortsword? 18 20. Oh, that's a crit then. Oh, roll to confirm. Let me roll to confirm. 17. Yep. Oh, All right. Crit. Yes, sir. Uh, am I rolling twice the amount or just doubling the. Double, double is how we do double. it. Like we said for those listeners, we, we played mostly 3 5. We're kind of doing an anal- uh, like a, a combo here of everything going on. But, uh, so that's a 7. Tell me how he dies. Oh, I. Uh, so after I snap out of, out of the boogie, Gil looks at the boogie boy in front of him and goes. 
Never again. And just stabs him right in the chest. <laughs> and he goes down uh, as, as the blood escapes his mouth. His final words were, Dig that sick beat! And he goes down in a crumpled mess. And last, we got you, Crawmaw. They are mostly not around because of where you're standing. You do notice there are still two around Benedict and Gil. You can see there are several around George, and Kitty is also being swarmed. I think I'm going to try to try to tackle into the back of whatever two would be closest to me to try to distract them. Are you trying to take down two? Yeah, it's trying to tackle, like, the back side of each one, maybe lock arms with them and drag them to the... Or actually tackle them at the leg. 19 on the first one. Eight on the second. I'm sorry, nine on the second. You whiff on the second, but you manage to take the first one down at the legs. So you've grounded him. Kitty turns around like mid-hatchet swing to see you, and she exchanges a look with you. She looks afraid. And you are on the back of the boogie boy. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to... Yeah! And then just snap his neck now that they can all see me. Roll your intimidate. Oh, Lord. A seven? What sound comes out? Oh... <laughs> uh, go ahead and I'll, I just want you to roll a pure strength. You know, we're, we're <laughs> eighteen. <laughs> you succeed. Uh, you can actually see the vertebrae of the spine like poking out as you softly. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like you're just going up to people on the battlefield, you're just in their ear. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> The crowd of boogie boys is not intimidated so much as they're perplexed as they turn to face you. And two of them bring uh, their legs up, their platforms up, and they bring it down like a hammer kick. First one's a hit. Second one's a miss. So you feel a platform boot cracking hard on the back of your head for a total of five damage. So as the group looks around, you see, even though the boogie has stopped, as in the boombox was destroyed by Benedict. Uh, there are still boogie boys crawling over the wall. You see that the roadies, the numbers have dwindled. Many of them have been resurrected into boogie boys. And you can tell which roadies have become boogie boys because everything changes about them. Their sequin outfits, all of that. But the one thing that doesn't change is their roadie hearts. You guys are bandmates. You know what roadies look like. This is a fate worse than death for these yes. guys. Uh, this is a desperate, desperate round for you because so many are coming over that you can't move anywhere without bumping into a boogie boy. George, what do you do? You're surrounded. All right, but I still have the one grappled, so I'm surrounded by at least two. I got, I, I got at least two boogie boys, so I'm going to attempt to do, since I'm standing now, uh, in, in the fashion of, of the breaking of necks, I'm going to break this boogie boy's leg in Batman style. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just a brutal leg break. Roll a strength. It's a 10. <laughs> uh, you give him a really bad Indian burn. Yeah, he take that. <laughs> his response is, yow! I, I, I kicked him in the nuts. Just oh, because My first plan didn't work. <laughs> Takes three damage. <laughs> Indian burns can kill boogie boy. All right, how, how surrounded are they? Like... Which side of me? What, what All around you, yeah, except the wall. You got the wall to your back. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, then I'm just gonna drop. I'm just gonna drop the boogie boy and plug in. Okay. All right. So you drop him. You plug in. I start playing Waterloo. Oh, jeez. So suddenly. 
the wall of sound that erupts. It seems though these amps are all on and they're all daisy chained. So you have hundreds of stacks blaring. Uh, I want everybody to roll an endurance. 14. All right, uh, you might not hear properly for a long, long time, but you stay standing, Crawford Mawson. 15. 15, same deal. Gil got him 11. Gil, you are knocked onto your back. <sighs> Quick question. Since I half-deafened Gil, does that give him anything? Hmm, I didn't think about that. All right, here, here, here's what I'll do. Uh, let, high or low? Low. All right, we'll do it as a 50-50. So, Gil, you are knocked flat on your back by the wall of sound of electric accordion. <laughs> um, you take five sonic damage. You're, all, all you hear is Waterloo, <laughs> but just like one sustained note <laughs> from Waterloo playing. George, I know you're playing. I got a 16. A 16. You're barely hanging in. Your eardrums are being blown out. All right, so all erupting from this wall are the, the sonic, uh, sonic triumphs of George Georgeson's lovely accordion skills blaring out Waterloo. You see boogie boys grasping their ears and going to their knees all around. This has been a wildly successful attack. It allows some of the roadies to get up, kind of knock the boogie boys away. But more and more keep coming. I try to shout, everybody plug in! So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up and try to uh, just dash right past these boogie boys and try to plug in. Uh, I want an acrobatics or, or an athletics from you because normally, you know, getting up, that's going to be a good it's, portion of your turn, yeah. but we're, we're going for cinematic here. I got a one. No. <laughs> so as you go to stand yourself up, I see you like hyping. You're like hyping yourself up like, okay! As soon as you put your hands on the mud to vault yourself up, they sink down into the mud. So you can get up, but it's going to take half of your turn. All right, I'm going to use the other half and try to uh, pull myself up out of the mud. You're standing. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Benedict. Benedict, they're around you. Can they resist? No, they are, they are all completely confounded by the might of Waterloo. By the might of the accordion. I look around to see if there is any sort of instrument I can grab so I can plug in, because mine is hidden away safely. Perception. 18. 18. So yes, uh, you see that there are several uh, guitars leaning against the wall. Uh, there's a couple of Paul, a few flying Vs, a single Stratocaster that looks like it's never been played. I don't have bias. Can I run up, grab a Les Paul, and plug it in? boy. Yes, you can. Grab that Les Paul, and you plug it on in. Give me a performance. Are you playing Waterloo? <sighs> yeah, I'll play Waterloo. <laughs> I mean, we're already there. <laughs> that is a 23. You begin strumming along, playing Waterloo. Uh, this is going through a massive Marshall stack, so this is probably way more gain and distortion than ever intended in any ABBA song, but it is just ear-shattering. Uh, not only are the Boogie Boys being, you know, overwhelmed by this, but even the roadies are plugging their ears. When, you, when you're bothering the roadies, you know that you're doing something. Yeah, Benedict's not thrilled about playing Waterloo. 
laughing. His <laughs> face is just not. George is so ecstatic that you continued playing Waterloo. He, yes, he loves it. He's here for it. This is making, making your day. All right, Crawford Mawson, I want to set the scene for you. You're on top of a corpse. All the boogie boys around you are so overwhelmed by the sonic cacophony of noises, which you've become accustomed to. You see Kitty in the fetal position, but she's given a thumbs up, and yet more and more boogie boys are coming over the wall. I'm gonna boogie book it to the wall, looking to plug in a guitar. I'll hit the flying V. Righteous. All right, you plug on in. Well, now we're gonna have some lead lines over Waterloo. Yep. Dang. Uh, 20, 25. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> Crawford Mawson breaks into a face-melting solo that not, you know, anywhere else just wouldn't fit with an Abba song, but let me tell you that you're just, you're shredding it, brother. A twangy shred, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting some getting some good old power. It's, it's like Southern Rock <laughs> Abba coming to town. And the wall, the, the, the sound is just absolutely bombastic. It actually pushes physically moves bodies they're laying on the ground up against the walls of the warehouse so that they're stacking up. This is when you all kind of see this carnage. Like, you started this day playing a gig at a retirement party, and now you look out and there's just bodies of sequin platform shoot people just stacked, you know, waist high at the wall of a building. Just take that in for a second. Take that in. Sounds like a normal day in Gary, Indiana, to be honest with you. <laughs> they still continue to come. Uh, the group, as you look around, you sense the fear that's in the roadie's eyes, that this might be it. Any last words? Well, I don't think we could really hear each other. But, <laughs> but, yeah. Any last words with your eyes? This has always been our disco, boys. <laughs> I, I make eye contact with George Dorson and say, so this is how I'm going out, playing Waterloo, huh? This is it. And I have that Pedro Pascal smile on my face. I think to myself, and my eyes scream, Disco's dead, but still we shred. <laughs> I love that. Gil looks around at his current situation, looks at his, his fellow bandmates, and says, why can't I be over there right now? <laughs> as, uh, as everything is looking dim, as more and more come just flailing themselves over this wall, <laughs> they're literally like vaulting over this massive wall and crashing down into the mud. All the sound stops. The lights cut. And it is pure darkness as everyone looks around. And you hear from the other side of the wall the revving of a motorcycle. And it, it's a thunderous sort of revving. As a massively elongated hot rod, flaming hot rod, bursts over the wall of amplifiers. On top of it, you see a very long, slender figure, flowing hair. He's covered in leather ch studs and chains. I almost said chotes. <laughs> covered in chodes head to toe oh my so. god it's rob halford and uh as his motorcycle lands he stretches out his chest and lets out this massive just face melting wail and you see the boogie boys heads begin to blow up like balloons and burst this figure stands up you can see in the moonlight that his ears are lengthy and pointed at the ends. <gasps> Where's Gil? I'm over here. Oh, that was that was close. <laughs> Kitty? Kitty, are you alright? I'm fine. Good, good, good. Good playing, boys. 
I told you all Waterloo would save us. It's what we do, baby. It's what we do. Gil, what's the Benedict? Thanks for the save. I almost, almost boogie till I died. You may only have 80% here for the rest of your life. What? Not important. Oh, as the group is uh, gathering themselves, you see the roadies attending to the wounded. <laughs> Something I never thought I'd say. You see the roadies attending to the wounded. Kitty stands herself up, walks over to the leather-clad individual. He's very tall. As I said, his ears are pointed. He, he has a, a leather biker cap on. He's swinging a chain, and they seem to be conversing. You see Kitty pointing at you, and he looks over at your group. Gil walks over towards Kitty and the uh, the biker guy and says, Hey, Kitty, I think we need some explanations. <sighs> you all absolutely deserve it. But there's no time. You have to go. The gig can't be here, okay? But you have a contract that's waiting for you. Listen, fellas. Sorry, boys. Woo. It's been a long time since I've kicked that much ass. This is my friend. He's going to take you to where you can perform. We call him the Wraith Child. And as she says that, he flows his hair around and says, Yes, I am the Wraith Child. I, I don't know what's worse, his name or our band name. And you must be Breaking Wind. Yeah, that's, that's us. Fantastic. Well, Breaking Wind... There is no time to lose. Have you the sacred mounts? The what? Are you a Catholic priest? Bring me your instruments. There's no time to lose. And with that, he points off to the top of one of the walls at the back behind the warehouse, and you see rising from the top of the wall a wall of flame, and it forms into a door with a white light on the other side. He says we must ascend beyond this mortal plane. Gil pulls out his mic stand and says, all right, yeah, I'm down. I guess I hand over my accordion. Yeah, I go get uh, me and Kramal's instruments where I hit him. As you hand him the instruments, the Wraith Child holds his hands in front of you and a blue flame emerges from his hands. There's a flash of white light as your instruments elongate and contort and take new shapes. The accordion, George Georgeson's accordion, when the light flickers away, has taken the form of a flapping, low-flying machine of sorts. There is a single lever for you to pilot it and a seat for one. Nice. Crawford Mawson, your guitar, becomes a flaming horn-covered ATV. The base of Benedict McIntyre stretches into a long, lean lowrider. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> and the mic stand of Gil Albright becomes a sick hoverboard. Wraith child, you know, throws his hands out and the, the vehicles fall at your feet. He says, these are your mounts. Do you need an instruction manual? Yes. Gil immediately jumps up onto his and falls right off flat on his face trying to move. <laughs> he raises his hands. All of his movements are very dramatic. He says, you see, breaking wind, you power these vehicles with the rhythm of your heart. Now quick, take mount and follow me beyond 
the wall of sleep. And with that, he gets back on his Harley, which blasts off literally like a rocket and revs through the flaming portal. We're going on a trip. <laughs> you see Kitty uh, get on back of your low rider. She says, and I'm coming too. After all, there can be no breaking wind without Kitty. I, I sit in my accordion copter. I, it's a flying machine. <laughs> Just wings flapping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can get some good mud on that. You all hear the Wraith Child's voice echo as he goes through the portal. Play with the rhythm of your heart. Performance checks. All righty. All right, performance. Benedict McIntyre. Eighteen. Eighteen. All right, Benedict. You you you've you've been on a hot rod before. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know your way around this. All right. So you throw the clutch, you rev it back, and you blast off to the skies, flying through the flaming portal. Uh, Twenty nine, Matt. All right. So George, you uh, you sit down in your little <laughs> flapping machine, <laughs> and you connect with it right away because you realize that this is still your accordion. It's your long old buddy, right? And as soon as you grab the lever and you pull it back, it flaps off like a bird and flies through the flaming portal. Uh, so Gil got a 19. Gil got a 19. So you step onto this hoverboard and you're a little wary at first, but then you remember that you are a shooting star. <laughs> you are, you are, you are shining bright like a diamond. And the hoverboard with a little bit less speed than the other two things hovers up towards makes like like the Jetsons like <laughs> yes yes hovers up towards the flaming portal as you pass through Crawford Mawson Crawford Mawson got an 18 an 18 alright as you sit in your ATV first off you know Craw Ma being there on the ranch you ever been on an ATV before oh plenty of times I'm an a- you know I'm an ATV expert. That's fair. Now uh, the real Krama, have you ever actually been on an ATV before? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Um, so despite your lack of confidence, you find that the throttle is something enjoyable. For the first time in your life, there's something about the country lifestyle that actually appeals to you. And as you rev back the throttle on the ATV, it bounces and literally hops through the flaming portal. As your group flies through the flaming portal, all you hear is the screams of the rape child, this like banshee type yell, and you feel yourself falling downward. Until next time. Rock and Roll for Initiative is made lovingly by Zach, Nathan, Andy, Biggs, Roger, and Tyler. A group of lifelong friends who managed to escape the shittiness of adulthood and responsibility by bringing you music and madness. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Rock and Roll for Initiative. And we invite you to check out our Patreon, Facebook, or TikTok pages for weekly updates, clips, playlists, and more. Visit our website at rr4initiative.com. And again, that's rr, the number four, initiative.com. Be sure to check back our new episodes every other Wednesday. We'd like to give a special shout-out to everyone who has made this production possible, our families, our friends, and, of course, our biggest asset. That's you guys, our listeners. Without you, none of this would be possible or even worth doing. So from the bottom of our hearts, we sincerely thank you. Music, creation, production, and editing by Roger. Episode production and editing by the team at Rock and Roll for Initiative. Certain sound effects and extra clips acquired under Creative Commons license. Necessary credits, when applicable, are available on our website. The story, all names, characters, and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. No identifications with actual persons, living or deceased. Places, buildings, and products as intended or should be inferred. 
This broadcast is a piece of fictional entertainment media and should not be understood to have any legal backing.